You're listening to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Warrillow, and I'm excited that you're here with us today. This podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, purpose, impact, and prosperity for all. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we'll be diving deeply into topics that keep you inspired and at your best. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, sharing tools and resources, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask a favor. Would you please go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to and leave a rating and review? It helps us to share our messages with as many people as we can, and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people too. So thank you. Now, the title of today's episode is Leaders, the Shamans of a New Paradigm. And I'm going to be diving into a deep dialogue with our special guest today, Eve Simon. Now, Eve is an international career and leadership coach, igniter for change, organizational development strategist, and communication specialist. Her passion is to create a new work environment where people can thrive and organizations profitably succeed in an ever-evolving world. And her new book, Purpose, is an Amazon bestseller. So welcome, Eve. Jane, thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited about being part of this amazing journey you created. <laughs> thank you, Eve. And I can't tell you how thrilled I am that you said yes to coming on this podcast because I just know we're going to have an epic conversation today. I just sense that. So I'd really like to start by getting, helping our listeners to get a sense of you and the journey that you've been on that has brought you to this point in your life. So tell us a little bit about your journey and, you know, the woman behind the professional bio. Hmm. That is an interesting start. And it actually is very parallel to one of my favorite practices I usually also do with my clients. Because in looking in our lifeline, right, where are we coming from? Um, what have made us who we are? We can learn so much. And every time I do this exercise again, it really brings out new insights. So who am I? Uh, born and raised in Germany, um, which before I started my career was leading me to a life in California, which really definitely formed me for who I am today. Because in jumping over um, on the other side of another continent really uh, inspired me to look into more who I am with a distance of what society or family really wanted me to be and breaking free from, from different norms, which I thought are normal. Um, when I came back, I still was um, very much going into a very classical career. I have an MBA, started working in advertisement, running an advertising agency, Later on, we're leading different divisions in telecommunications. 
Um, but at one point, even I really loved my work. I thought there's something else. There's something really important. And that was all circling around. We can sell as many cell phones in this case as we want if we really don't think about what impact that has and how we are um, interacting with the people around us then we are going nowhere and so in 2005 um, i actually started a company called inspiration without borders and with that i also left my corporate uh, world and started my own consulting company and i moved back to california um, for seven years to really run um, a company built on the conscious capitalism and conscious business approach. And um, I became a mom quite late in life. So the last seven years, I'm actually um, on one hand back in Germany, but also in California is a quite interesting life. And I'm bridging these two lives. We, we live on two continents. Um, and I really uh, embrace much more of these different sides of, of Europe and the California innovation side. I think there's, there's much more to say, but this a little bit in a summary, it was, it was all around really embracing change and embracing new consciousness which was always part of my journey. And especially a red line was always building. I love to build divisions and departments and companies and houses and, and families and community, communities um, that really fires me up. And that also brought us together, right Jane? <laughs> With did. the happiness um, fest uh, where we met last year, which brings people together really reflecting on what what makes us happy and what makes us happy in work and how are leaders really stepping up to this responsibility? Mm, yeah. And I love that you talk about, you know, kind of change and consciousness, but also I love the fact that you have a life that spans two continents because that must give you a unique perspective. I wonder if you could speak a little bit to that. Yeah, I definitely can encourage everyone to leave their, their comfort zones and just to really get out because with the distance, on one hand, you really grow and develop. On the other hand, you really appreciate what you have. And um, so for me, it was early on this calling somehow to the West Coast. And I think a big part for me was about this free spirit lifestyle. And in the same way, I also really appreciate um, very clear values such as, you know, being committed, being on time and uh, being organized, everything <laughs> which you would say probably about a German, um, but with, with these connections. And I think we all have that. We have different sides within us and often we don't live it. So for me, it was driven to now spread my wings into two continents at the same time because of my daughter. Her father lives in California. My family is in Germany. Um, and so we, we are dividing our time. Of course, you could do it totally different too. But I really can say that uh, for me, it expands so much perspective in my work and in my life that I never really imagined because also being in consulting, 
many of my colleagues only have a certain perspective, what they know. And I always move out of this bubble I'm in and then I get a reality check. <laughs> and moving out of this is really, really uh, yeah, mind-blowing. I mean, it fits to Inspiration Without Borders, but it also fits to um, our world, which is changing so much. And of course, which gives me as a futurist a better understanding what really the future might hold because I see so many angles and we don't need to speak so much about what it means for a child to grow up mm. as this global citizen, uh, not just with, with multiple languages, but with multiple cultures right there ingrained, never even questioned that there is a difference because for her, it's all the same. It's just one world with different places to be. Oh, how fabulous. What an opportunity to get at such a young age. That's amazing. So you mentioned there the challenges that we're facing in the world. And I'd love you to speak a little bit about how you would describe your relationship with the world and, and those challenges you talked about. Hmm. Where do I start? So, so you mentioned my book, uh, the Purpose Book, where yes. I brought together twenty-two authors to share their deep, personal, vulnerable, and and almost blunt stories how they found their purpose and what, mm. how that influences their lives. And for me. Um, I, I did early on some vision questing and what's my purpose and what always was coming up again was to inspire people to look beyond what is, right? To open new horizons. But when I, um, when I was giving birth um, and um, it still is a little chuckling in my throat is I actually, Zoe and I almost died in this process um, it was very stressful and um, it was this, this moment of a nanosecond where I thought our life ends and luckily I was in a good hospital and everything turned out well with an emergency C-section. But re this really made me realize how precious life is and also how important it is to think about the next generations. Mm. And so from my perspective, it became not just to inspire people, right? It's easy to inspire people because there are beautiful things out there in the world, but there is an inspiration for a larger impact. And this is really what I can tell is almost coming sometimes even painfully out of me, which I can't change anymore, right? When we had these fires in the Amazon and I'm just thinking, oh my God, right? We have to do so many things. So we are actually devoting the profit of the book to reforestation in different areas in the world or um, obviously also being in Germany with many uh, um, immigrants now, I'm really thinking about the world is global, right? We cannot separate um, us anymore. It's about this finding this unity and creating a, a fully new world in the way we don't even know yet. Instead of just being, you are there and I'm here. No, we, we are so interconnected with that. So 
I think it's, it's this planet, um, having a healthy planet where you can play outside and hug the trees and smell the good air and, and also be, being in the awareness of being one as human beings and, and our impact to each other. That's really what's driving me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you give voice to that, I can just feel myself, you know, there's a little piece of me inside just relaxes just a little bit to know you're out there in the world doing your work. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brings me to our title for today, which is, you know, leaders, the shamans of a new paradigm. And I'd love to know, you know, when you speak there about the challenges we're facing in the world and we think about our impact and we think about ourselves as global citizens, what from your perspective is the role of leadership in helping to facilitate the changes that we need? Yeah, you're speaking right to my (laughs) my passion. Um, So I work a lot in different worlds. One is a really big corporations, Fortune 500s, but also in the startup world. And what I see right now is that the startup world really gets very much hyped. And I see a big danger in that because technology gets hyped over really a solution. And so even there are really great innovations out there. The question is, are these the solutions we really need? What I also see in the corporate there, I mean, most people work in corporate and large corporations have a lot of power within their employee base, but also within their products and the society they touch. And so when I think about um, the leaders I want to awaken or I want to really guide and trigger are a lot about these leaders who are right now still called the managers. Because if you think about that every corporation takes their power for good, we could tackle all 17 sustainability goals in a heartbeat. We have the power, we have the resources, we have the money, we have the knowledge, we have all that. And so shamans are very wise. They are healers in many ways without having a dominance. They have an elderly wisdom, uh, which I actually also see in many leaders. When I just think about Chip Conley, right? Mark Binninghoff. These are amazing role models, uh, even a Bill Gates, right? These, they have a touch of these shamans in them, what they do with their money and how they really turn the things around because their inner journey guided them to more maturity than we see right now in the startup world. And That, of course, is the first trigger and the first move to really bring these power players into the right direction. But in general, I would say the the classical management is dead, right? The Mm -hmm. classical perspective of leaders. No person needs a manager because we manage everything in our life just beautiful. You decide who you marry, you decide how you want to buy a car and build a house and plan the next vacation. Why you need a manager to tell you how to do a job? 
that is not necessarily necessary. And also we have this amazing collective. So when we bring really people together in in uh, modern technologies such as open space and Kanban and Scrum and design thinking and just to name a few of them, people really don't need um, a manager anymore, but they do still need a leader, a leader who thinks in a bigger vision, who, who thrives for more. Um, and he sees also the bigger picture in so many ways. And that is more a mindset than it is a position. And when we think about these leaders, they will be the shamans of the future. And this could be everyone. Solopreneur could be a high-end CEO. It's this mindset which makes a change and not the power of the position. But mm. said that, if you use your power wisely, it's tremendously valuable, right? And, and this is really what we see right now when companies such as Danone and Patagonia, and the, the whole conscious capitalism B Corp group is really using their influence for, for the greater good. Mm. Yeah. So in your experience, are you seeing a shift in in the way that leaders that are inside of organizations are thinking about their roles and their use of power and maybe even their consciousness yeah i definitely see a lot um not enough (laughs) 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 totally totally real right we are what did you say behind the curtains right yes absolutely but off offline i'm just kidding but um (laughs) i do see a lot to be honest i see people really urging for that and especially Mm. the top leaders and um the people in the workforce there is still a big group which fears the loss of power. There are yeah. still many uh, are driven still by ego. But also you see these trends uh, that meaning almost becomes a status symbol. And I have there two sides in my heart. It's the same with the mindfulness movement. You have to be very conscious how you use it. But as more we do it, it does a lot of good. And that is the same with, with the consciousness levels. And how far are they uh, evolved? Um, one step at a time, I would say, mm-hmm. right? There's David Rope with his seven levels of leadership. Um, and this the highest level is the alchemist you might have um, heard and read about is a very famous uh, Harvard Business article which went viral and he has a beautiful assessment around that which really triggers that and and I always like to talk about there's an eighth level and that is the evolutionary leader. They they think about tomorrow and and movements such as the elder movement uh, of Chip Conley as an example is amazing or Um, I just had a conversation with Thomas Bjorkman who spearheads an amazing group in um, Scandinavia who is all about the networks of the networks, right? We have different Mm -hmm. cells all around the world who work 
within this consciousness, within this change, and you might call it differently. Some call it purpose, some call it um, the conscious capitalism, some call it wisdom 2.0 movement, whatever that is. But it's all about bringing in the bigger meaning and a healthy planet. And now we are in this really urgent state of connecting these networks of ecosystems to become one global network around the world. And then as always, mainstream will follow just because it's pushed. Because when you think about Hava's um, agency just did a research last year about meaningful brands and to run a company based on meaning is actually very good for profit, right? And that shouldn't be your driver, but if it's your driver, it still does good for the planet. So I can just say, follow that. And every company needs to be really centered around the why, centered around um, not what we do, but why we do that. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. I do. And it's interesting because, you know, um, one of the things that um, a lot of leaders in, in my circles are talking about is, is well, it's kind of, I've got leaders on either end of, let's call it a polarity, if you like, people that are completely awake and get it and are really looking hard for how to move their organizational culture, their definite leadership throughout the organization into this kind of new space. And then there's people that... Um, are kind of close to it. And when I say closed, I mean energetically close to it. And there's a lot of fear around it because it's almost like they want to go back to the way it was in a way and the things that they know and certainty is something they don't want to give up to move into uncertainty. And, you know, and it's, it's kind of interesting to me that you know, obviously as a coach, I'm, I'm always having the yes and conversation. Um, but it's, uh, it's fascinating to me that we have this whole spectrum of leadership right now. And as you're speaking to, you know, at the, at the kind of innovative edge of leadership, we're really pushing um, the membrane of possibility of what we believe is possible for leaders and organizations and businesses and doing it in a way that's deeply connected to more meaning, not just for the organization as a collective, but for the senior team. And then that meaning starts to cascade through the organization. And so I'd love to bring up, because it comes up for me when I hear you speak, Eve, is this idea of what's your sense of kind of the sacred, the spiritual within organizational life? Is there a place for that? I think absolutely there needs to be a space. Um, but I want to come back a little bit to what you said. And yeah. we, we have the full spectrum and we have many people who are scared. Um, and to be honest, I... I think that is all okay because um, everyone in the spread of life is going through different maturity phases. Mm. And we do this as a collective and we do this individually. And 
different stages show us different levels and pictures and it's a reminder of where we are at and maybe where we need to evolve to mm. because if we would all be more let's say back to rogue is all be on the alchemist level where is then the next phase of growth there would be always something to add on right then yes. the alchemist becomes the expert right and right. Uh, and so in in this it's i think it's a many what is this uh, many shades of gray right it's really <laughs> also here the case of um to have this diversity is a good thing because it reminds us of where we need to go. And so, you know, looking into political situations around the world, of course, there's a lot of signs of, of darkness and we needed that to look at, mm -hmm. to move then into the light. And um, so I, from, from that get-go, I already want to take the judgment out. And that leads to your question of spirituality is um, it, when you start to judge, there is already no spirituality. It's more about this embracing of what is. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that is a big part of corporations and what we need right now i mean the the course which is the most hard course sold course right now is unconscious buyers in corporations in the u.s mm -hmm. everything is about unconscious buyers and it is about the topic of inclusion and diversity and of course women rights and and then the black movement and all of that but at the end it comes down to don't even start to judge just see what is and embrace what is and and that is a form of of really spirituality in some forms and there's there of course is much more right the the point of believing in something bigger and for the people who are more into science I mean, the quantum physics just shows us the quantum field is just there. We can prove it, right? The same when, when the mindfulness movement got really big, it was be because of neuroscience and there's still a spiritual aspect in it, right? A spiritual aspect we can't describe as science is always on the what, the meaning, the purpose, that's on the why. And that is part of human beings. We want to be part of, of something meaningful. So yes, we, we need spirituality in corporations from the perspective of we know about the what, we know about the how, and we need to live the why in all different shades of gray. Mm, yeah. I love that you spoke to that because I think it's such an important point. I think it really is. And so, you know, in our audience, we have got everyone listening from leaders um, at the top of organizations to those right the way throughout the organization. We've also got executive coaches, you know, people that work with leaders and consultants. And I just wonder, you know, if somebody's listening to you and feeling inspired and yet kind of looking to their own role as a leader or maybe the clients that they work with and 
and knowing that there's a there's an appetite for this kind of transformation knowing that there is something there that's wanted um but doesn't know where to start i mean i wonder if you could give us some idea of you know how do people start on on a path towards this this type of transformation mm. yeah the um you already almost mentioned the answer I want to give is so the first step is really feeling there's something off and that could be you're in a big crisis of you know getting sick divorced lose a job maybe not enough income whatever that is but you really feel that pain and that pain is leading to through to transformation the path to go through that can be very different for everyone. I, I have a colleague and friend. He was very hardcore consultant, you know, McKinsey style. Um, and he totally shifted through a crisis into a very spiritual path. And that could be very different, right? Going to India, living in an ashram, uh, spending time at Esalen and the Big Sur, going into the forest and doing a vision quest, uh, coming with me to a journey into the innovation hubs where we look into future possibilities, but really bring it back to our own purpose and what, how we want to drive it. Um, I think the path can be so different and there are so many forms out. I think when when you are ask this question and you start to become the seeker, the teacher will show up. So don't worry about that. It's more about realizing there is a pain and being open to mm. tackle that pain and tackle that shadow. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. It does. And, you know, I just wonder, as I was listening to you there, I know I've had this question a number of times, so I'm going to see what you, I'd love to see what you say about this. People have often said to me, you know, um, do I have to go through some pain to go through some kind of sacred transformation? That's the first point. And then the second thing that I'd like to know is, and if, the, if they are going to go on this sacred path, can they do that and stay in modern life at the same time? What's your answer to those two questions? Hmm. Oh, I have to take a deep breath here and give me a second <laughs> to answer this. So, so there are different uh, questions you were asking, right? So one yeah. is, do we need the pain? And I do think we need the pain. And it's, it's almost ingrained in our biogenetic upbringing because... Mm -hmm. The birth is painful, right? That is what it is. Going through a birth channel is not a walk in the park. It's not easy for the mother. It's not easy for the child. You already have a lot of science in the impact on C-sections. And so actually, if you look into the science, going through this birth channel, it creates a stronger immune system. It creates strength within you. So bringing that back to the pain, going through pain gives you strength, gives you the resilience, gives you knowledge, something you can apply later on in life. So pain, again, bring it back to the judgment, is actually something really good. 
a problem is lovely. I love problems. Give me problems because they're great to find solutions. Uh, and so that is to your first question, maybe to answer that, bring it back to just our, our natural human um, being and how we came to the world. The second question is, um, can you phrase that again, how sure. you phrased it? It was about... Yeah. It's about going on a sacred path. So can they kind of go on this path towards like, you know, raising their awareness to consciousness and mindfulness and being on a sacred path and yet staying in modern life at the same yeah. time? Is that possible? Yeah. So you, you phrased this so nicely. So going through that path and being in, in the world, right? Mm. In, in our modern world. And I think, um, Yes, totally. If you really go through a transformation process and be aware about ego, because I also see a huge trend where people go on their quest and their transformation journey, whatever it's called, and suddenly it's like, oh yeah, my love and my soul sister and everyone is like there. And this, is, this community is very ego-driven. Interestingly enough, it's about, about putting them in the center of attention. Um, so going then to, and, and, and in some ways it's good because it's really looking at who you are, right? Going through that and, and it's a pendulum to one direction. Um, because before you were the other direction, more performing how society wants you, you know, just just working along um, as you think it is. The other pendulum is really finding your own truth. So then you come back to the middle side and that's um, what, where life in general happens is there are always these two sides and modern life talking about artificial intelligence and robots and maybe um, the, the basic income is actually really cool things we are looking forward to because they give us room to be mm. and not just to do. Mm. We, we do a lot of to-do lists. Now the nexus, we can do a lot of be lists. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I want to rephrase it. Let's not do it. <laughs> let's just be right. It's, it's really, uh, it's just, I think the modern world, um, how you, how we see it in the future is actually really good for, for the sacred change makers, mm. uh, to be in for everyone to be in. Um, and yes, you sometimes have again, this growing pains, right? As a child, right. it's sometimes painful when you grow and when you start walking, you fall, and so you have to find your spot and you have to find especially your inner strengths, your inner compass without looking for, um, what is the right word for, um, that someone tells you from the outside how great you are, right? You have to find mm -hmm. that within. And, um, and this is just what it is. You are just perfect the way how you entered this world. And every one of us uniquely has a space and together it makes that whole for that future. Mm. 
And so I do think there are also maybe some pains in the modern world for the sacred change makers because it's just not mainstream yet. But when it comes mainstream, then the new thing comes up. When you're a trendsetter, when you're a change maker, you're always swimming against a stream. Right? It might be a little harder. It takes more effort, but that's just your journey. And so embrace that journey and, and look for others to dance with. And we have so many people, you know, your, your beautiful community you have here, Jane, mm-hmm. which you created and, and so many others who are really making a big difference. Yeah. And I think that that's vital, you know, when you're doing this work and, and I know it's important to you as well. This is something we share is, you know, building communities, building, you know, as you said earlier, networks of networks, so very important to enable us to continue to have the courage to step out and swim upstream and, and, and really take a stand for the things that we feel are, are important. And so, you know, when I, I, cause just listening to you, Eve, it's, it's just so lovely the way that you describe things. Um, so elegant, the way that you speak around some of these, what are really quite challenging issues for, for a number of people. And I, I love how you've pointed to the fact that this level of change, it starts within, cause mm. you were speaking very much there to the authenticity, like knowing yourself and who am I and being your truth. And, you know, a lot of us, when we, when we turn and face the harsh realities of life that we live in today, you know, it can sometimes feel overwhelming that, you know, there's all these planetary needs, there's all these challenges of climate and many other issues um, around inequalities around the world. And people can get overwhelmed and think, well, actually, you know, I feel a little helpless. There's not a lot I can do there. But the way you're speaking, of course, there is, isn't there? Oh, there's so much we can do. And it's, we have a lot of big problems, but it starts with this little single step we take, right? This is, I mean, talking about spirituality and every religion has it in common, just be nice to your neighbor, right? Give a smile and uh, really show up the way who you are and also see each other. I always love this. Um, it's a little exercise where you, where you really, you know, connect with someone, tap into the energy field, see someone, but catch yourself if you start to judge because mm-hmm. we put someone in a box in, in three seconds. And instead of doing that, this is again where it starts within us. Catch us. What do we really see? Right? How do we really connect? And then, yeah, it's this, it's this belonging and this bonding and these little steps. Sometimes it's hard steps. You know, I, me as a consultant, I, I have to fly around the world. Well, that's kind of cool, right? Because I see a lot of places, but it is actually not because my, my emission footprint is horrible in this regard. And every time I get this job, I have to make a conscious decision. Do I really need to make this job, right? Is it for income? Is it for ego? Is it for building a business? Is it for impact? I ask myself every time this question before I take on a job like that, where I have to fly further away. 
And, and this is where we can only make this decision within us. It's a conversation we have within us with an impact to the outer world, right? In my regard, it's to you know, my business, my daughter, and of course, also the environment. And, and here's a beautiful, I think, clear connection of why we need to start within first, right? Build that muscle of deep consciousness and, and build it and build it and build it, however you're going to build it, right? If it's through mindfulness practice and meditation or vision questing or whatever that is, understand your inner, lands, inner landscape, your cosmology, where you come from and why you are that way, how you are triggered a different way and how you think this way, because then you can change through these patterns and and really create something new and different and act in a, in a way which has a good impact to the outer world. And this is especially related to leaders who have to make really large decisions for their company. And of course, for then the greater good, hopefully, which impacts society and the planet. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. So let me ask you, you know, we've talked quite a bit about impact uh, and I just wondered, you know, personally for you, what impact is important for you to make in the world with your life? Yeah, I mean, a little bit I spoke about it, right? It's about um, definitely creating a healthy environment, um, in in the world for next generation mm -hmm. and i think i do this by by inspiring leaders to become uh, the best leaders they can be in this context of becoming the shamans of a new paradigm mm -hmm. um because i i believe that this is a way of great change and we need a lot of good change really fast and this is, a, is my higher vision, consciously, unconsciously, because it also often just happens out of me that I create something new, like my ladies lead change impact um, initiative or the future of leadership salon or now the purpose uh, book. It, it just happens innately out of me, but consciously that's what it is. But to be honest, sometimes it also is... Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit heartbreaking because then I just come back and I had this great program within a company and rolling out a huge mindfulness program. And I think, oh my God, I did so great work. Yeah, give me five. <laughs> but then I come and, and meet with the Dalai Lama and, I'm, and he's speaking about where we really need to start is in kindergartens, right? This is the generation we have to start. And I'm just sitting there, what am I even thinking, right? This is, oh my God, let's say the older white guys I, I try yeah. to, uh, to speak to instead of really spending the time with my daughter and her friends and, and bringing in this, this calm, mindful consciousness there. So it's not just that big impact we always search for. Sometimes it's just this really what's right there around us and so i hope i at the end i hope i ha i will make some impact um but all i can do is really trying every day 
to be who I am and, and try the best I can. And thank you for saying that because I think that is so important for me to hear. And I'm sure there's other people listening that, you know, that will really resonate for because so often we think of the big things, we think of the professional things of being more important, but really, you know, mothering our children, parenting our children, they're the next generation of leaders that are coming through. And if we can get them while they're young and really help them to see a different type of world and what's truly possible, then maybe that's the way that we usher in some real, true, sustainable change. So I love that you spoke to that. Eve, mm. thank you so much. Mm. So you. my final question is just really, what words of wisdom do you have for our community? Oh boy. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's put you on the spot now. <laughs> I know. I know. What are some words of wisdom? Well, I think the biggest wisdom I just gonna borrow from Rilke, you know, the oh, philosopher, yeah. and it's about the question. It's not about the answer embrace the questions and they will lead you the way and and then you find the answers automatically but we have to embrace the questions and we have to ask the right questions yeah yep i love that i do because so often and I, this is something of mine that I'm very aware of. I, you know, somebody will ask me a question, I'll jump to an answer. Like I know, like I'm the font of all knowledge, you know, I have to have an answer immediately to somebody's question. And it's so interesting because as I, as I mature and as I get older, I'm learning not to jump to answers. I'm learning to live with the questions and then look at the questions that I ask myself. And I love that quote from Wilka because it reminds me that the quality of the questions that I ask myself can actually shape the quality of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I really do. Mm. Wow. Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Eve. My goodness. Uh -huh. What an insightful conversation <laughs> we've had today. I just know our listeners, they're just going to have picked up so many insights from everything that you shared with us today. So a deep bow and a heartfelt thanks. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. Thank you, Jane, for really like following your calling and bringing this community together. I think this is an amazing role modeling and it's, it's such an honor. I'm so humbled that you invited me um to to speak and uh to have this conversation thank you so much oh you're so welcome that's all for today thank you so much for listening in let me ask you are you passionate about change are you one of us are you a change maker who is ready to get intentional about the future of our world if so it's time to play bigger we want you to join us at sacredchangemakers.com i just want to invite you to take a look at changemaker society this is our sacred community of change makers and it's one of the most extraordinary engaged groups of people who 
are committed to making the world a better place. Some of us work in the transformation industry, some of us don't, but our diversity is our strength. We share resources and guidance to support each other to grow personally and professionally. And together, we are making a direct impact in the world. The members of that community are actually our sponsors here for the podcast who help us keep doing our work in the world. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Until next time.